everyone and welcome to Give Your Mental Health a Minute. My name is April, I'm a registered psychologist from the Philippines, and I'll be talking about day-to-day issues related to mental health to drive awareness and inspire local action. If you have questions you'd like us to answer and feature in our future episodes, feel free to send us an email. You can find our email address in the description box of this podcast. Thanks ahead for listening, and I hope that each episode will inspire you to take action in more informed ways, especially when addressing and responding to mental health issues. Before we continue, I would like to remind everyone that the information provided in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute to proper mental health care. If you feel that you require professional help, please reach out to your local hospital or mental health center for assistance. Have you been stuck at home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 30 to 31 days a month, and a social media your new stream of consciousness. Because I am feeling that right now. It has been by far one of the most craziest years and the last four months have been crazy. And it looks like the coronavirus isn't going away anytime soon. It feels like there's nothing else to do but to just wait it out and that in itself is particularly challenging it is unprecedented we were caught unaware and unprepared for something that has totally upended every facet of our lives being cooped up has made everyone anxious and troubled for good reason joblessness comes with its risks being unable to earn money will make you feel unstable unless you have had an emergency fund ready for events like this, which isn't really the case for a lot of us, especially here in the Philippines. Joblessness also increases your anxiety over how to get food, how to get water, and we haven't even talked about where to get money to pay the bills or cover the loans that we have. It is tough, for sure, and the longer the quarantine period is, the tougher it will be for those that don't have jobs that allow them to work from home. So what's making us unbelievably anxious? If you're familiar with the concept of a needs hierarchy, you would know that everyone starts with wanting to meet their basic needs. The quarantine threatens the stability of our basic needs. The virus threatens our needs for safety. So we are in a constant flux of uncertainty and with our basic and safety needs becoming unstable, it's like we're experiencing a huge mental aftershock every single day. So it's no wonder why we feel caged in and suffocated. And on top of that, being at home is like a frequent reminder that you are mentally caved in. The lack of income is just the tip of the iceberg, really. 
because there are a lot of other complications that involve being with family, being alone, and not knowing what is going to happen next. We are in a literal mental war with ourselves. But if that isn't enough, you have politics to go with the medley. It's like one stressor after the other. And social media, that holy grail of distractions, has become the frequent reminder of what isn't working. And it is constantly reminding us that there is a social discrepancy and that social class determines if we're bored or we're angry because people aren't following quarantine rules and if we're panicking. Thinking about it, it all seems like the situation doesn't seem to have like a light at the end of the tunnel. And everyone is experiencing certain degrees of loss, certain types of loss, and it is very distressing. So the question that we are facing now is, how do we breathe despite being constantly bombarded with triggers and stressors? How do we cope with a situation that feels so impossible? Many resources online provide sound advice on how we can maintain mental health hygiene while we're sheltering in place. Things like stepping back from social media or limiting the hours in the day we're on it, or developing hobbies, picking back hobbies we've left unattended pre-COVID like gardening, DIYs, and other projects that we didn't used to have time for. At some point, we reach a ceiling or what I call a saturation point, and the anxiety kicks in again. While we have the capacity to adapt quickly to crisis situations, when the exposure to the threat is prolonged and show no signs of resolving itself, our brain adapts to the threatening situation and shifts its gears. Our brain stops using its logic function and starts using its survival function. The goal, after all, in life is to survive, right? So we go back to the rudimentary behaviors like aggression, hoarding, and being territorial. Because these are all survival behaviors, whether it's good for us or whether it's eventually going to be bad for us and if you factor on your fears your ideals your perceptions of the world these are all in your brain and your brain is like a master control panel where programs are switched on and off depending on how you assess your situation and by the way our assessment is really dependent on our experience and genetic history so Apart from the looming threat of the virus, some of us are genetically predisposed to being anxious, and it is creating a void of anxiety or more anxiety for us as the quarantine progresses. 
Another thing that comes to mind is our increased FaceTime with our families, which may become a source of stress. Some of us live in difficult family situations and are at higher risk of danger when we're at home. Meanwhile, some of us are faced with the intersection of house and work tasks, which gives us the illusion that work never ends. And at our best, we feel grateful and happy that we're alive and, well, at our worst, we blame our family, people at work, the government, the random strangers for not doing a better job. And this is a very typical reaction in a situation like this because it's mentally exhausting to have to reframe the situation and practice gratitude every day when we don't know when this is going to end. So we have to consider how much energy we have for the day-to-day things we need to do. And for us to be able to mentally breathe despite the constant exposure to stress, we frequently have to check our energy levels. You have to ask yourself, do I have the energy to talk to people? Do I have the energy to listen to people? Do I have the energy to be compassionate, to be loving, to be caring? Do I have enough energy to engage in social media debates? All these activities require energy. Even deciding what to cook for breakfast requires energy. So we have to make a conscious effort of looking at our energy levels and being smart about when we're supposed to be expending a lot of energy. Reacting to anything that stimulates you or catches your attention is inevitable, but you can choose what behaviors are more important, what responses will result to less stress, and will give you enough energy to still do that breathing exercise, that new hobby, and well, help you relate with people more. So here's an exercise that I invite you to do every single time you feel like you're faced with something that's making you feel overwhelmed. The first thing, and this is the most important step, is to pause. Pause from what you're doing. If you can stop yourself from doing anything when the stress is high, that's a good indicator that you're aware of your actions. The second thing you need to do is to check what you're feeling. Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel scared this is an important step to do because it's easy to just slide feelings away and give it another name when we do that we give ourselves less time to process what we're going through and it increases the sense of overwhelm the next thing to do and this can be particularly uncomfortable for a lot of us the third thing to do is to listen to our inner voice. What are you thinking? What are the thoughts that come as things happen? What are the thoughts that are adding to the stress and pressure? Fourth, ask yourself if you can afford to respond to the overwhelming event or situation, knowing that there are other tasks that you 
have to do and that you can choose to do that can help you feel productive. Finally, make your decision. Do you disengage from the event or situation and change your focus to something new or something else? Or do you engage? A wise psychologist once said that in between stimulus and response is choice. And being aware of your energy levels and knowing when the best time is to engage or withdraw is in itself a mental ventilator. I hope you learned something new from today's topic. Give Your Mental Health a Minute is a personal project created to help increase mental health awareness. If you want to support this project, please check out the podcast description to find out how. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Type in MHAWeekPH on the search bar and join the conversation. Thank you.